Hello and welcome to Community Polls, your local report on the coronavirus pandemic in mid-Missouri. Now, as a reminder, you can now catch Community Polls only on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. on KOPN. We've dropped the Monday broadcast, so it's just once a week. And all episodes, remember, can be found online at kopn.org and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, today on the show, we'll discuss the lifting of the COVID-19 health orders for Columbia and Boone County. Now, city and county officials announced at a news briefing Monday that the public health orders will not be renewed when they expire May 12th, as long as current trends regarding the pandemic continue. We're joined on the line by Dr. Elizabeth Alleman uh, to discuss this and more on the show. Good morning, Dr. Alleman. Good morning. I, um, it, you know, the mayor in announcing his, this, uh, the fact that they were going to let the um, order expire said this is not a cause for celebration. But I just want to disagree that I think that given if, if celebration is something that happens in your heart, that I think that this is a time for celebration, that as we are moving um, out of this pandemic, at whatever pace we are going to move, this is a time to um, express relief and um, uh, celebration. Uh, those of us who have survived also remembering that some of us have not survived. Uh, many people are still grieving, um, and many people are still recovering. Or um, and actually, some people are still getting sick and uh, being hospitalized. Although fewer in this um, community and around us. So uh, trend lines, uh, case reports are still um, cases. Are, new cases are lower um, than they have been recently. Um, in most places. So we're seeing a few places where cases are increasing, specifically in Oregon um, and in Texas, I think. Um, sl slow increases in Missouri as well. Um, and uh, But in Boone County, our case reports are, uh, new cases are low. So in Boone County, our average, our five-day average is around seven cases, and that's as low as it's been since last summer around June before we saw that increase as um, students returned to town. Um, it seemed to correlate with, with reopen, you know, re people returning to school and uh, uh, college students returning to Columbia. Um, our hospitals are functioning in the green status. We have two Boone County citizens currently hospitalized um, in Boone County hospitals and 15 uh, total uh, folks with uh, COVID-19 hospitalized in um, in our Boone County hospitals, four people on intens in intensive care units and only one person on a ventilator. <clears throat> and these um, numbers of declining cases in Boone County and much lower cases in surrounding counties that are that our hospitals serve were quoted as the reasons why we were lifting the health order. Uh, why the city council and the uh, public health uh, administrator, the director of public health, were were not going to renew a new, the current health order or to make new ones. Um, so uh, Matthew Holloway's data is telling us that we had um, 
495 new cases that he was able to find. Um, uh, fewer fewer jurisdictions are reporting than at the peak of the pandemic. For a total of 618,998 in the state, we've had um, <clears throat> uh, 47 <clears throat> new deaths in the last 24 hours. Oh, no, from 317 to 5-4 with 10,000 deaths total. Um, and, but we are seeing a slight increase in the number of um, new admissions in the state in the hospital, so about a 10% increase over the last um, a week. Uh, some hospitals that had closed their COVID wards are reopening their COVID wards. Um, so we'll, um, we're just watching that to see whether that's go what's going to happen with that. Vaccinations continue to um, happen. Uh, more and more people are getting vaccinated, although at a slower rate than at the peak. Um, and we are coming up against um, uh, either reluctance or inability to get the vaccine. So, um, and I would love it if you would, uh, let's see. So I just wanted to say a few more things about the, the changing in our order. While there will no longer be a, um, a public health order, saying that certain people have to do certain things. So there's no longer a mask ordinance in Colombia. There is no longer limitations on seating in restaurants, on our um, uh, on the limitation of sizes of gatherings as far as a rule. There is still plenty of guidance. So the same with the same level of um, encouragement that we have for things like being careful about eating raw meat, how careful you should be about preparing your Thanksgiving turkey, uh, whether people should wash their hands frequently. We still have all of those guidances in place. So we're still encouraging people to wear a mask, if the, especially if they're not vaccinated, to still continue to social distance, so to stay six feet away from people that are not in your household, to wash your hands frequently, and to avoid um, crowded places, especially if they are inside or you're going to have um, close proximity to other people. So uh, Stephanie De Browning, our uh, Director of Public Health, did make a statement about vaccination. And if you could go ahead and play that, I think she did a really good job of the kind of messaging that we're um, that I think is effective and kind. Sure, we'll play that now. Just a second. Yeah. I want to end today with just another comment about vaccines. The decision to get a vaccination is a personal choice, and I know that some people still have questions, and others are kind of taking a wait and see approach. And I understand and respect that. I'm still going to encourage everyone to get vaccinated as soon as you can. By choosing to get vaccinated, you are helping to restore our economy. You are preventing more illnesses in Boone County. And you're protecting those who cannot get vaccinated, including our children. So let's move forward. Let's end this pandemic. And let me turn this over now to Presiding Commissioner Dan Atwell. Well, that was uh, quite clear. Um, it's, it's obvious that um, the authorities are in the advisory mode, no longer the um, enforcement, like you said. And 
she was quite uh, clear there that um, residents should, uh, you know, still adhere to the protocols. But I want to ask a question now. You, you, mm -hmm. before before we listen to her, you mentioned the fact that um, the, the there's an increasing inability to get people vaccinated, either reluctance or just difficulties. Now, I just want to ask. Um, as a p professional, what do you think could be driving that attitude? Could it be that people are now kind of uh, relaxed that, okay, now that the vaccine is out there, um, death rates have dropped, okay, we have a, still rising cases and therefore the, the, the need to have that vaccine immediately is not there? Or could it be that we are, there's this... Uh, unconscious belief that we are heading towards um, herd immunity? So I think that people's decision, I think that Stephanie Browning said it really well. It's a personal decision, and personal decisions tend to be made with a lot of variables considered. So there are people who have long-standing, um, what do I want to say, long-standing concerns about vaccine safety, and who don't get vaccinated for many other things. And some of those people are, and that does not necessarily predict how people are responding to this COVID vaccine. I take care of and have many friends who are otherwise vaccine reluctant, who have been very enthusiastic about getting the COVID vaccine. And then I have met some people who have been fully vaccinated for everything else but are reluctant to get this one or just have questions. And I, this has just been, it's a fascinating thing to me to be, to ponder what's going on. But I want to be clear that there seems to be a media, like a, a general public concern. And the conversation is that this is about vaccine hesitancy. There is still a lot of vaccine inaccessibility. People who are homebound have difficulty getting the vaccine. We have got to make a big effort to get people who want the vaccine to get a vaccine. People who are concerned about their immigration status are reluctant to go and, and show their identification papers. Um, people are still concerned that there will be a cost to it. Because vaccinators, should be clear, it is not allowed for people who are giving this vaccine to charge the person receiving the vaccine any money. Uh -huh. you, you cannot ask the person to give you money. We can, I'm not a vaccinator, but if I were a vaccinator and all vaccinators can ask for your insurance information and you can bill the insurance company. But I think that the fact that we ask people for their insurance information makes people afraid that they are going to get a bill down the road. And I think that that needs to, so we have some people who are reluctant for a lot of reasons that don't have anything to do with how much COVID is, is circulating or how they feel about a vaccine. There are also some people who have a language barrier. Uh, there are people who, you know, who have heard that sometimes there's side effects and some people, it's not the majority, but a significant number of people don't feel well for a couple of days after the vaccine. And they can't 
either afford to take a day off work or they can't take a day off work. They're a farmer. They have small children. They run a small business, and they're the only one who's running the business. Taking two or three days off to be sick voluntarily is a really difficult decision. And again, most people who get the vaccine have very minimal side effects and continue to do their work. But people who feel sick tell that story, and that story goes farther. So, um, and then we, and that's that's just locally here in the United States. Um, we still have, like Canada and Mexico, still has a lot of difficulty accessing the vaccine. And what we know is that the virus does not respect national boundaries. Okay. So I don't, I don't know if that answered your question. There are some people who aren't going to get vaccinated. Okay. They're just not. Okay, then, but the issue of, so based on what we're seeing, the numbers that are being churned out um, statewide, countywide, and uh, countrywide, are we anywhere near to, uh, are we anywhere near the header immunity stage or we are still a few steps away? So I don't know, and I'm not sure how we're going to know that. It's a really difficult thing to know how many people are immune from the infection because that really that also is added to the number of people who are immune by the vaccination. Um, so if we're just looking at vaccinated individuals, we are a long way away from there, in part because we can't vaccinate our children yet. So um, I think that 20% uh, of the U.S. population is less than 16 and so cannot get vaccinated right now. Um, and, and that herd immunity works differently if people who aren't vaccinated are in groups where they interact a lot with each other. So if we see, um, say, groups of people who are, say, families or um, belong to the same religious organization and see each other at church often, or they, uh, they belong to other community groups and they interact a lot, then that can keep a, a, an illness, a virus, circulating in the population if those people are in contact frequently with each other is different than if they are dispersed evenly throughout the population. And I think we're seeing the former. I think what we're seeing is people being reluctant to get the vaccine if the people around them are also reluctant. And there's some really great um, information uh, from a study that the Missouri Foundation for Health did looking at what kinds of conversations tend to help people make a decision about the vaccine that they feel good about. And messages like, um, boy, it's going to be really great to be able to get back to the things that we used to enjoy, and that vaccination is one of the ways for us to all be able to do that. Or I got the vaccine and I'm really glad. Or I got the vaccine and it went well. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to um, having all of my vaccinated friends over for dinner. Those are the kinds of messages that tend to help. And messages like um, that imply that people aren't making a thoughtful decision or that they're just uneducated are not really helpful. 
You also talked about the fact that um, uh, one, uh, the, the messaging, you talked about the messaging from mm -hmm. um, the responders that there, there seems to, there, there appear to be gaps that uh, tend to either scare people away or enforce um, held um, conspiracy theories or uh, builds confusion as, as to how they should approach taking the vaccine. So how would you suggest the messaging from the responders should be as those on the ground, those that directly um, attend to residents who want to take this vaccine? How would you suggest the messaging be carried out to get a better response and result? Yeah, so I think one thing is to decide what we what we mean by a better response and result. And for me as a physician, what I always want is to help people make a decision that they're going to be glad they made it that way. That no matter how, you know, we have to make all of our decisions about our health care in ignorance. We don't know how it's going to work out. And what I want is for people to, no matter how things work out, that they're glad they made the decision they made and that they don't feel that they were um, coerced or frightened or pressured into a decision. And so when I talk to my patients, I am asking them if they need information and if they have questions. And right now, I'm surprised by the number of people who have lots of questions. Um, or they have concerns, and sometimes when we explore those together, their concerns soften a little and they are able to move out of this place of being afraid of both getting the vaccine and getting the virus and to move into a place where they can find some confidence that um, we, we cannot ever be assured of an outcome, but we can have some confidence that this is the next wisest decision. Um, so I encourage people to, so I'm, I met somebody the other day in a waiting room waiting to get my tires changed. and. He, he had changed his mind about the vaccine, and I asked him why, and he said, well, my doctor called me, my doctor's office called me and said, Dr. So-and-so wants all of her, vac her patients to get a vaccine. And I knew my doctor knew me and cared about me, so I went and got it. Hmm. So those are, not a those are not the kinds of messages that necessarily individuals can have. The individuals can have conversations that sound more like, I love you so much. And I um, am so relieved when all of my, when I hear people have gotten a vaccine. And I would love to feel that relief about you as well. I really want you to survive and I don't want you to get sick. And while there's no perfect way out, that although the vaccine, I believe the vaccines are <clears throat> safer and an effective way to prevent the vaccine, the virus, I think they're safer than getting the sickness. Mm, very interesting. And that those are those are messages that people can hear and don't feel like they are being told that their opinions don't matter. Um, and then people can begin to say things like, you know, I really have missed having you around um, at our gatherings, and I would love to invite you, and um, I, I'm going to feel more um, at ease about inviting you after you've been after you've been vaccinated. That's true. Which is a different message than you can't come around if you don't get the daggum vaccine. <laughs> it, it can sound <laughs> <Absolutely>. similar. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to remember that these are people we care about. We want everyone to, to get through this. Um, I think there is also some um, 
some gray areas that I think have not been spoken of as gray areas, and I don't want to contradict the CDC, but I think that our um, that putting a lot of pressure on people who have recovered from the virus to get vaccinated, I think is not something we absolutely know enough about to be sure about what's the right thing for them to do. All of them should be offered the vaccine, and right now the CDC is encouraging people who have um, who have recovered from COVID to get vaccinated because we don't know how well uh, protected they are, and it appears that the vaccine is providing better protection than recovery from the illness. But it is a place of curiosity for me, and I think that when we're in a place of curiosity, it makes sense that our encouragement should be um, tempered with a little bit of un- acknowledgement that we don't really know what's the right answer. I I take care of a lot of people who are hesitant about many uh, healthcare interventions, and what I have noticed is that the conversations tend to go better if I am curious and supportive and respectful, rather and willing to stop talking about it when they don't want to talk about it anymore than if I am um, pushy or dismissive. Uh, and I think those are the conversations that we need to be having. There are also still some people who signed up to get a vaccine and are waiting for someone to call them to tell them their appointment's ready. And I just want to be clear with people, that's not going to happen. Um, you do need to move, you know, you need to lean in to get a vaccine. Your primary care provider can help you. There are vaccine navigators online, um, or you could call a friend who's been vaccinated. Um, there are ways, uh, if some people who are not as tech savvy or are not uh, internet connected are not finding an easy way to get the vaccine. Your local pharmacy may be able to help you get a vaccine, but they are really wanting you to sign up online. And so if you are not a person who has an online presence um, and you listen to the radio and you are waiting to get a vaccine, then I would encourage you to contact a friend or a family member or a healthcare provider who does have internet access and is web savvy. And it's not hard, but you do have to, you do have to be comfortable being online and doing the internet thing to get a vaccine appointment. If you are homebound and need a vaccine, you can call the health department and they will help you. That's the one way I know that you can get a vaccine without needing to go online. Um, and if you, if, uh, if none of that fits your criteria and you would like a vaccine and you haven't been able to figure it out, you can call me. My home, my, um, I'm not going to give you my home number because I don't answer that as reliably. <laughs> my office number is 443-7070, and I would be very happy to help people with questions about how to get a vaccine or questions about being vaccinated, if you are someone who's like, boy, if I could just get these three questions answered, I think I could make a better decision. I am willing to help people with that. And as long as there is not an avalanche, I can do that without charging. So I, I really think that there are, and again, there are some people who um, they're just opposed to this vaccine. And, and it's hard to know how many of the people that really is. Um, and I think that I think that that's a, it's a fun thing to write newspaper headlines about or to fight about on social media, but I think it's really wasting our energy, and I don't think that it is helping us um, 
I don't, I don't think there's any point in it. Um, people have strong opinions, and uh, it, it, can, it is not helpful to try to change people's strong opinions head on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So. Well, okay. Now um, you, you you've talked about this um, this uh, the, the the reluctance of um, some members of society. Um, of course, we've had in the past even some. Uh, I've had friends who have actually been down with this uh, virus and. Up till now, even after recovering, they still belong to that school of thought that, oh, it's... Uh, and I ask them, I say, but you had the virus, so how can you be the one now trumpeting what you had? You understand? So um, that's uh, definitely going to be an issue that we'll have to contend it. But another thing, now, the uh, Boone County officials and uh, Columbia officials have, of course, uh, lifted the uh, restrictions, the ma ma mandatory order. But I just want to ask a question now. Yeah. I've been in the U.S. now for over a year, and I, from what I've observed, uh, especially between the autumn and winter periods of the year, we tend to have... A flu outbreak, as in it, 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 it's in, in larger numbers. Do you think this uh, no restriction that has been lifted could have been shifted a bit to ensure that one, more people have gotten the virus and uh, the the vaccine, two, we're able to get clear leads to uh, the numbers in terms of deaths and uh, um, new infections, and three, because of the peculiarities of that time of the year uh, and the uptick in activities, Thanksgiving, people traveling, uh, schools in session, of course, people getting ready for Christmas travels as well, could they have delayed a bit to that time? Or you think because of the unpredictability of the virus, we just have to see what happens? Well, many, the, our leaders could have made many different decisions for sure. I think that that um, keeping uh, restrictive ordinances in place while the um, number of cases is low is going to be politically difficult, especially in a community where there is a lot of resistance to these kinds of orders in general, especially when they, um, and these specifically. Um, Jenny Chadwick, the other, uh, the former co-host of Community Pulse, has documented pretty um, abundantly that bars and restaurants were not really complying, many bars and restaurants were not really complying with these uh, rules, and they weren't um, being uh enforced as strictly as they could have been. And so it gets to be a question uh, and I that is out of my it's out of my area of expertise about what's the best public policy to have. Okay. I am concerned so I don't know what'll happen in the fall. I um, love that question and we could speculate about it, but honestly it's enough for me to try to think about what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Um with True False Film Festival um, resuming um, this coming weekend, and I think that almost all of their, most of their large, all of their large events are going to be outside. They're having very small, private, selected viewings inside. Um, 
And we also have a, a season of graduation ceremonies that are happening um, uh, at all of the colleges and high schools. And I think that all of those are happening um, this year where they did not happen last year. So it'll be interesting to see whether we get a an increase in cases after that. We, you know, you can kind of see if you look um, at the national statistics and a little bit at the at the statewide statistics, it just the numbers are smaller. But we did see a little bit of an Easter bump. Uh, we saw, you know, a really large Thanksgiving bump nationally, a big Christmas bump, and a big New Year's bump. And then our cases have been were pretty much fell precipitously after New Year's. And then we saw a little bump that would statistically, timing-wise, correlated with Easter. And I'll be interested to see if we get in in the local. Uh, numbers a um, a uh, bump from the True False Film Festival and uh, graduation, um, but many of those the celebrations that happen are and the transmission that happens are at these private interactions that happen after an event. Um, so, for example, Michigan is seeing that a lot of their cases. Um, correlated with the reopening of schools and, and athletic uh, school athletics, but it didn't seem to happen on the field or in the school, but with this after-school activities and the um, things that happen after a, a game. So it's not so much playing um, softball or basketball. It was going out for wings afterwards. Okay. Um, so, so these are things we're going to have to watch. Um, I tend to be a cautious person, and so mm -hmm. I, I would have rather we keep some restrictions in place and stepwise them down, but I don't know what's the right thing to do. Thank you so much, Dr. Alleman, for your time. And that's it for today's edition of Community Polls. We'll be posting this show later today at kopn.org and also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to Community Polls. 51% is up next. Stay tuned. <laughs>